Good afternoon, Raider fans, and welcome to the Raider Nation podcast. And I'm your host, Raider Greg. It's going to be another fabulous show. And you know why? Because we're close to the season. We're almost there, Raider fans. Can you feel it? I can feel it. Let me tell you right now, I am so jacked. Tickets in hand, ready to go. Now, there are several fans that are going to the New England game. I'd like to wish them all the best. There seems to be a large contingent. So, Raider fans, for the first game of the season, the Oakland Raiders versus the Lily White New England Patriots, pay attention now. We will have a contingent of Raider fans at that game. And I believe every game, since we are so connected these days, there will be Raider fans. There always has been. There always has been Raider fans out there, and there's always some cameraman, lucky cameraman, may, may I say, to zoom in and get the shot of the crazed Raider fan, which I love because that's who I am. Okay, Raider fans, let's go on here. I received uh, something on my, my uh, email there from my buddy Randy Olson. Once again, I've, I've, I've spoken to him. I've spoken about him. He will be helping me with the show. I'm looking forward to working with Randy. He's a true Raider fan who will be awesome in his role here at the Raider Nation podcast. Okay, so we have so much to talk about. Um, a lot of this is all camp news. And so I'm just going to go ahead and go through it. I'll let you know what it is on the show notes. So if you're tuning in the show, you've got the show notes, and you know kind of what I'm talking about. So I'm going to rattle through some of the things that are, are observed in the camp. And one of the things that I'd like to talk about today <clears throat> is Zach Crockett, unsung hero of the Oakland Raiders offense. Zach Crockett uh, in the 2002 season did a great job and continues to do a great job as a running back. Last season had some trouble, but he was not the man. Now let me just tell you, Raider fans, if you haven't forgotten, Wheatley got all the carries last year. So, you know, the Raiders were stone cold last in the running game, but that was no fault of Crockett. He's probably the most underappreciated running back in the entire league. Uh, Raiders, the Raiders that know Zach Crockett know that he is money, and he has always been the guy to get that touchdown on short yardage and get that first down on short yardage. He busts through. He's a maniac. Okay? Last year and the season before that, I believe they used him as a fullback. Consequently, for the first 12, 12 games... He just got four carries as a you know, and so he, they didn't get to produce anything. He got four carries, and <clears throat> that was it. So when he finally got handed the ball, it was time. It was you know time to produce. He got forty-five carries for two hundred and thirteen yards and two touchdowns over the last four games. So he got the last four games. He got the ball as a primary carrier, and produced, because Wheatley didn't do nothing, and Wheatley's out of here. In the, in the season finale against Jacksonville, he got 22 touches for 134 yards against them, and turned out to be the biggest Raider yardage, run yardage, all year. So, you know, then what happens is we get Lamont Jordan, because we needed a running back. And I'm the first one to say, yeah, we did need a running back. And I'm the first one to say, yeah, Lamar Jordan was a great choice. And I'm glad we have him. But let's not discount Zach Crockett. Because I think that we have in Zach Crockett 
a very talented, explosive runner, and he's showing it in camp, incidentally, Raider fans. This man is showing it right now as he plays in camp. He's shown signs of blowing through our defense, which, you know, didn't say a lot because we were not very good last year, but our run defense this year will be much better. Um, Crockett and Jordan are blowing over our, our defensive lines, which is very, very good. We'll see what happens against San Francisco on Saturday. Jordan should get five or six carries, and then, you know, the next, he said Jordan will get five or six carries, and the next game Jordan should get, you know, 10 carries the next game he's 16 because they they try to get their running backs in these preseason games uh, ready to be hammered so many times <clears throat> that's how they do it that's how Turner does it so I would imagine that Zach Crockett gets is, is going to get the ball way more times and get an opportunity along with Ricky Dudley to show that uh, he's got it and he does okay Langston Walker six foot eight. And, you know, he gave it up. It's probably 350 pounds, uh, 355, so that means he's added 5 pounds or 10 pounds since uh, we talked to him last time because uh, he's listed at 345 pounds. Um, so Turner was saying that when Langston's in front of you, he blocks out the sun. In other words, you, you know, you can't find the ball. You have this huge lineman there with arms, you know, he's huge. He's six foot six. That's huge. Two inches over any other lineman in the league. I don't know if it's a detriment or an attribute because uh, there's got to be a reason why everyone's, you know, not quite that tall. But I'm for Langston, man. He did a great job last year blocking that punt against the Broncos. And, well, hands out to him, man. I, I tell you what, right now. There's no other six foot six monsters like him in the league, and I'm glad we got him. And I hope that he'll be able to blow some holes in the uh, defensive line so that our two running backs can make record gains this year. That would be a nice thing to see. Okay, Oakland's Maurice Washington, a wide receiver from Texas A&M, has drawn praise for his work. Former sprinter from McClellan's High School is fighting big names and big numbers for his position, but he's made what of quite an impression. Uh, with Jerry Porter out, Carlos Francis um, having a day-to-day, -day -day, and with Ronald Curry coming back from a torn Achilles, he's getting a lot of touches on the ball, and he's doing pretty good. He was doing pretty good until he got hammered by Ryan Riddle over the middle and got a what they call a body bruise. So I can imagine if it's not a knee bruise or a hip bruise or a shoulder bruise, you're talking about a broady bruise. I love Ryan Riddle right now. I love the guy. I hope he plays just that way and fierce. I hope he gets an opportunity to put the hurt on our first opponents of the year, the Lily White New England Patriots. And I like to say that because that's how it's going to be portrayed, late Raider fans, when we listen to the media of the buildup. You can always already see it right now. You know, the Raiders are questionable and they're gonna you know, they're gonna sing the praises of Randy Moss and blah blah blah. Um you know, anyways. That's what's gonna happen. And they're gonna play down the whole fact that the Raiders have a chance. Well, you know, the defense and you can hear it, Raider fans, you already know. You already know what they're gonna do to our team. Anyways, it's up to us to hold it up, man. You better be wearing your stuff too, because it's almost football time. 
I can hardly wait. I'll be standing out there in my clamshell. I got this clamshell for my back surgery I got to wear for support. I called the OFMA, um, the people who run the Coliseum here in Oakland, to try to get some special place to sit because I can't use a chair and I can't stand up. It's got to be kind of, I got to be kind of leaning or standing. Um, hey, they're very nice and they're going to accommodate me. I hope to see many of you there because I will be interviewing many of you there for the Raider Nation podcast who have been a little bit shy on the podcast recently. Recently, I just want you to know um, the reason being my brother-in-law, Al, who helped me with the site, has decided that, uh, well, he's really busy and he's not decided anything. He's just really busy. And so I've gone out, and like I told you early in the show, Randy Olson, one of my coworkers at the fire department, is going to help me in the technical aspects of our podcast. So he will be running the show. And if it wasn't, it was if it wasn't for Al, though, man, we would have nothing going right now. So kudos to Al. Thank you for the start, and we appreciate it very much. Okay. A one-time, one-time third-round pick out of Buffalo, a massive six-foot-seven, three hundred thirty-pound tackle, Robert Hicks made it all the way through most of the camp last season before he got cut. This time he may make a challenge. Okay, that's pretty wild. Uh, Chad Slaughter is the one who's got the position right now, but he got noticed after blasting Atlanta defensive tackle. Ed Jasper during the afternoon drill. I guess I guess this guy just butchered Jasper when he was trying to get to the ball, and that was the end of that. So, if he got noticed, he might get on the team this year. Anybody who plays well, that's what I see. Let's see what else happened in the camp. A linebacker Sam Williams cut through blockers and stopped Jordan for a five-yard loss. Jordan has never been stopped for a five-yard loss in camp, and Sam Williams got in there and did it. Right on, Sam. It shows that we got some things going on as far as the penetration. I hope it continues. Justin Fargus showed one of those, you know, hands and arms runs. I mean, he runs like he's being chased by a crowd of angry people. He's got arms and legs. He's got a wild run. I like watching him run. I'm sure you Raider fans know what I'm talking about. He's not all tight and bunched in like average running backs. His arms and legs are just out there. But uh, he made a, a good run, and he blasted through the line for a 15-yard gain. When they were playing full uh, contact, it was a pretty serious uh, scrimmage right here. And it shows how Justin Fargus can do the job, Raider fans. He can do the job because he's a running back. And he's a light running back. He's kind of a gangly running back, but doggone guy produces. And I know he gets hurt, a lot of injuries, but you know what, man? As long as the guy's putting them points, uh, excuse me, points on the board's one thing, but get them positive yards, that's another thing. We need that running game this year in a big way, and we all know that. Okay, one of the noteworthy pass plays, Charles Woodson jumped out, and you could see this. He jumped out in front of Doug Gabriel to intercept the ball, but he came out empty because Kerry Collins threw the ball just at the right place. It was a beautiful pass. Doug Gabriel caught it and took off. That's what we want to see from our offense. And you know what? Woodson was a good lesson for him, I'm sure. Uh, Johnny Morant made some several catches and heavy traffic over the middle. 
Uh, so we are going to have some short game routes. I'm sure we're going to have to because we're going to make that first down. Robert Gallery has had a handful with Derek Burgess. He has had a handful. Um, and Derek Burgess is working him and getting in and many times threatening to, to uh, sack Collins. But it's really good work for, for Gallery because he does contain him for the most part, most of the time. We're talking about a guy who could average 11, 14 sacks this year by himself. That could happen. He is a monster. He's done it before. So I'd like to see at least seven or eight sacks out of the guy. And if that's what's happening and Gallery's got him contained, we're on it. So, Raider fans, I just want you to know that the camp is alive and the attitude of the camp, and, you know, we've heard all kinds of other things about um, about camp and, and attitude in the past. We've heard a lot of things about, um, about how in camp you have to have this persona of success. Every camp has their own kind of... You know, we're getting better. I don't know how to explain it. We're getting better. We're, we're improving. The Raiders camp this year has the least hits that they've had ever as far as um, tough hits and fights and brawls that have broken out. Uh, so the camp atmosphere is very professional. There's a lot of teaching. There's a lot of helping. Uh, and I know Raider fans is another thing. As a fan, I know myself, your you proof is in the pudding. We've all heard it before. Every season, we get all the positives. And, you know, as a fan, you you have to be positive. you got to be positive about your team, no matter what. Um, but I just don't feel that that's the same feeling we're getting this season. Maybe it's just me. I'm sure, you know, you can email me or visit me at the www.raidernationpodcast.com. And let me know what you think about this season. I'd love to shout it out to the Raider Nation and let them know what you think. Because I'm really interested in what the fan thinks. Um, and especially if you're a fan from out of California. Uh, what you think of the situation with the tickets. What you think about the Raiders. What you think about the season. Email me. Let me know. I will read it right here on the Raider Nation podcast and shout it out. Okay. So... On those couple of tangents that I went off on, I just want you Raider fans to know also that I have examined our competition in the AFC West and believe fully that we are fully capable of taking the AFC West. And I see that there's absolute, there's no way, I mean, we'd have to give it away in order for us not to get it. Now, I've heard all these things about Oh, on paper, oh, on paper, oh, on paper. Well, you know what? It's not paper. We don't have paper. It's not about being on paper. It's about what happens. And that's why all Raider fans have the wait-and-see attitude. Okay? Uh, that's, well, that's what it is to be a Raider fan. You know, it's the wait-and-see attitude. But thank God for owners like Al Davis or our owner, Al Davis, because there's nobody like Al Davis in the league that have a proactive interest in their team, the players, their comfort, their equipment. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Master of his universe, Mr. Al Davis. 
um, knows how to put it down. And you can ask anybody in that locker room, and I'm sure they will tell you that no matter where they've played in the past, if they played for another team, it's a whole other ball game here with the Oakland Raiders. A very professional, very well-run organization that takes care of their players uh, better than anybody else in the NFL. I'm No doubt I can say that. Uh, Jerry Jones probably comes a close second. Other than that, I really can't tell you who does more. But I know uh, the, for the the NFL, Al Davis does more for his team than any other any other owner. There's no doubt about it. I, if you hey, if you're from another team, you listen to my podcast. Hey, let me hear. I'd love to know who. We'll compare statistics once again, and I'm sure I'll be able to blow you away. Randy Moss. We've talked about Randy Moss and his ability to jump and catch and run after the pass, run after the catch and all that stuff. Well, you know, I did a podcast with Mr. Cheer or Die. And I did his I did a podcast with him on his podcast for the Vikings about Randy Moss. And he has a huge following back there. Minnesota fans loved Randy Moss. Um, I guess the ownership and the management couldn't handle him very much, but they loved him. And I can see why they loved him. Um, it it's, it's something that's not written here. It's not something that uh, you hear on the media here in California. Uh, there there are a couple of writers, uh, Anil Hayes, a writer for the Contra Costa Times, excellent article on Randy Moss and where he came from to understand who he is and what kind of man he is. Um, I read this article and was blown away because I was born in Montgomery, Alabama, and we were very poor service poor people. We were, you know, my, we lived off base and we lived in very very low income. Trust you me, we lived in the low income area. Uh, we didn't have much of nothing. Um, I remember my dad fishing for food uh, several times. I'm not trying to sing a song or you know get any kind of nothing. I'm just telling you that's my life. So my life was when I was younger. We didn't care about money. Things weren't important like that. It was more important to have fun and have good family. And uh, the close people you know are close. And uh, strangers can be exactly that, strange. And in in this case, uh, it talks about Randy Moss growing up in a little town called Rand, West Virginia. And it talks about a three-story stone home sitting beneath big stately trees, you know, because it's so beautiful and green there because humidity, you can cut it with a knife. The fog, uh, the sweet smell of coal dust in the air. Uh, you know, my, my grandfather was a coal dust, I mean, it was a coal miner in Pennsylvania. So uh, I have a history. I can relate to Randy Moss. I can rem- relate to the working man's life, t- too. And, you know, it's a simple life back there. And where he grew up, rusty chain link fences and clip, uh, you know, uh, billboards that are half torn down and partly closed chemical factories because there's a river that runs through there. Um let me see, what is it called? I'm looking for the river name. There's a, a river that meanders through uh, Kanawa. That's what it is, Kanawa River. And it's green, but it's only green because it's polluted with chemicals from the half-closed chemical factories that line it and other industrial facilities. And you can just imagine this place. Um, and so 
Here we are in a place that is locked up in time. It's locked up in time as far as a old southern, I wouldn't say southern, eh, it had to be southern because it's right there, southeastern town that uh, time forgot because around it there's a lot of beautiful, big, rich you know, homes, but this little valley uh, that time neglected and prosperity forgot is where Randy Moss grew up. This immensely talented back, this immensely talented uh, wide receiver, kind of what am I talking about, um, came out of nowhere. And you know what? It's a kind of a cool thing to know. He's a private man with very few friends. And you know that on the on the board entering town, it says home of the great Randy Moss. <laughs> And so there you go. Uh, and you can imagine he goes home. And he's I'm sure he's helped people at home. And this is where this young man came from. And so you can imagine him being thrown into the spotlight. And, and there's his perspective I want to share with you, Raider fans. Here's a guy who grew up in that type of background. And when you were growing up in a place like that down home in the south at least for me anyways and i can relate to this your word was your bond integrity was a lot of all you had really your word was pretty much what you had in life i mean there wasn't a whole lot of material goods so character and commitment and honesty those things hold a higher place in a small town and when someone calls you a liar or a or a or this is any names like they blew him away when they when he was doing his things uh, pretending to pull down his pants that whole charade of a bunch of crap I can't believe that whole thing they made such a big deal out of that celebration in the end zone and you look at Terrell Owens what an idiot um, Randy Moss. When they said those things about him, that hurt him as a man. And when the owner of the team spoke to him, he was speaking to him as a big city guy with a lot of big city fancy lawyers and a lot of big city attitude um, and wealthy money after you know money after money after money. And here you got a guy from the real, real United States, the real small town United States. Uh, and, you know, if you put things into perspective like that, eh, you can imagine how he got his feelings hurt. He's a sensitive guy. He grew up caring and being in a place that did care. And uh, I just want to have you Raider fans kind of step into Randy's shoes for a second. I'm not saying that he's a poor guy. I'm just saying that his character was formed in a poor town. And... I think you can glean a lot from a man from where he was raised. And uh, coming from a small southern town with no money, I can totally relate. Um, maybe not to exact circumstance, but I can relate to the values that I learned when I was growing up. So going back to this interview I did with this Vikings uh, cheer or die guy, because he is in the Hall of Fame Great podcast, by the way. He's a really great guy, and uh, I encourage you to visit his site, by the way. Uh, he has a blog. There's a couple other things. Um, 
And I'll, I'll give those, those to you on my site. I'll put them on the show notes so you can visit his site. Um, he talked about Randy Moss and, you know, the questions he asked me were like, what, what are you going to do? What's the crowd going to do when Randy Moss does something that, you know, is controversial? You know, pulls his pants down. He said this exactly. Pulls his pants down in the, in the, uh, to you know, pretend to pull his pants down in the end zone after making a touchdown. I said, we will embrace his ass. I said, of course we're going to embrace him because you have never seen so many bare asses when the other opposing team, when the opposing team is buses coming into the Coliseum. That's all they see is Raider fans from the behind, if you know what I'm talking about, and single-finger salutes. The Raider fan will love Randy Moss. He came home, as far as I'm concerned, because the Raider fan is a blue-collar fan. The Raider fan works and saves for his tickets. The Raider fan doesn't take games for granted. And that's a perfect fan for Randy Moss. And I will tell you that he will be more than welcome in the black hole. Because he asked about that too. Well, will he? Well, how would he? How would the fans take it if he jumped in the black hole? I said, man, they better hold on. He better hold on to the fence. I said, because they'll lift him all the way to the third tier, and that's the truth. Let me tell you what, <laughs> the Raider Nation loves this guy already. And as soon as he put starts putting points on the board, hey, they're his. The Raider Nation belongs to Randy Moss. So. I just want to kind of share that with you guys. Uh, the other fans uh, that of the Minnesota Vikings are they miss him? They miss him, and I can see why they miss him. He's a class act, and I'm welcome to our team, and I'm happy we got him. Not only for his ability to catch the ball, but for his character and uh, just who he is. Because I think he's a man of his word, which I think is a good thing. So thank you, Raider fans, for tuning in. I want to remind you again to vote for me on Podcast Alley. I need all the votes I can. I'm slipping a little behind, but that's because I haven't been on the air. So I will be on the air and continue to be on the air for the rest of the season and the offseason to give you your Raider fix here at the Raider Nation Podcast. And I want to thank you for tuning in and having patience with me, Raider fans. Uh, visit www.RaiderNationPodcast.com. Vote for me. I need your votes, fans. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful evening. I will be coming back with another podcast. A-S-A-P. Good night.